The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. You're listening to the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. So very excited all of a sudden uh, things are happening in here and Andrew's pet a porcupine. You can pet a porcupine. That was not on my bucket list. No. But it should have been. Oh, my goodness. Dale Gino from the Wild North Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation Organization and Wild Rose the Porcupine joining us in studio. Dale, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. This is uh, this is awesome. Um, there's a lot to talk about here. And as we find out more about your background, there's even more to talk about. Um, but tell us, uh, for the folks that don't know uh, about Wild North and the work that it does, and I think most... Some folks might know it as a different name. You can give us a little background on it. Right. Uh, so, Jalen, we've uh, we've actually been around for 30 years mm-hmm. uh, here in Edmonton. Uh, we used to be known as the Wildlife Rehabilitation Centre of Edmonton, uh, our Society of Edmonton. We are now called Wild North. So we just rebranded last year. And essentially, we provide compassionate care for injured and orphaned wildlife. Mm-hmm. Now, where are you located now? Because if I remember, wasn't it off 127th Street at one point, off the Henday? Right. Uh, actually, right now, we're uh, we're located what in the building what used to be the city pound uh, just north of the yellowhead off yes. of 127th okay uh, so that's where our hospital and triage center is and then we have a separate rehabilitation center which is a, a large acreage which we have our big flight pens and these sorts of things in uh, parkland county near spruce grove okay how many animals do you have um coming to you on a regular basis uh, on average i guess on average well uh, each year uh, we receive about three thousand animals so we are the only full scope wildlife rehabilitation center center north of Red Deer. Wow. So all those animals in the whole northern half of the province, uh, if they're injured or abandoned, uh, they end up at our place. And so anything for like from porcupines to beavers to owls to eagles? Yes, we have. Uh, so we deal with any allowable species under law to rehabilitate, which okay. means uh, that includes about 250 species. <laughs> uh, we have about 160 species of wildlife right here in the city of Edmonton. People don't realize we have that yeah. many animals. So everything from uh, amphibians like tiger salamanders, people don't know we have here, mm-hmm. uh, to mammals like foxes and porcupines, uh, to a lot of birds like eagles and lots of geese and ducklings, of course, yeah. every spring as well. So they're, they're all just brought to you by people who find them? Well, this was the case. So historically, we counted on the public to bring us these imperiled animals. Uh, but recently, in 2017, we just launched our wild rescue program. So now we can actually go out and rescue the more dangerous or difficult to capture animals. So if you can imagine for a moment a goose with an injured wing who's out <laughs> in a pond, uh, people wouldn't have the resources to be able to get those. We can now launch a boat and we have training expertise to shuttle those animals to land where we can capture them and, and bring them in and give them the So you say we, how big a staff do you have? So Wild North is, uh, for the most part, is a volunteer operated organization. We have 10 paid staff. Uh, so I'm the uh, the uh, director of business development, but also the wild rescue manager. So I have, in the summertime, seven wild rescue interns and another 30 or so uh, volunteer rescuers that have undergone training to rescue these animals in the field. 
Do you know what? I think people would like to know how to volunteer. Uh, it's like all of a sudden, how can I volunteer <laughs> yeah. to, to, res- to, to be a part of your volunteer rescue team? You know, it's a, it's a unique organization, uh, and there's all kinds of different ways you can rescue. We have volunteer rescuers. We have transport volunteers, care volunteers. Uh, folks that are interested can go onto our website, uh, wildnorth.ca, and you can mm-hmm. kind of follow the prompts there and learn how you can volunteer. Um, what's, you know, some of the, what would, what would have been one of the most rare animals that you've had um, at Wild North? Well, we do receive uh, some uh, endangered species, and uh, you know, there's a, a reporting process there. You know, when we receive those kinds of animals, we have to communicate with environment and parks, and sometimes the federal government mm-hmm. to tell them we're dealing with those animals. Um, but if you're talking about sort of a, a rare resident that's sort of a little more high profile, uh, last year we received two American badgers, <laughs> uh, and, and again, you know, people don't realize we yeah. have badgers this close, and, and most of them were found in relatively close proximity to Edmonton. I know that you have uh, a little. I think it's is it, what's the name of the beaver? The uh, Sawyer. Sawyer. Yeah. Sawyer the beaver. And, and Sawyer is going to be, uh, he was rescued. Yes. And he's going to be sticking around for a while. Tell us about Sawyer. He is. Uh, this poor little fellow was found near Wetaskiwin by a very kind individual. Uh, he was found crossing the road, dragging his back legs. Uh-huh. Um, so this gentleman rescued him, brought him to our wildlife hospital here in Edmonton. Uh, within weeks, he recovered from his injuries. But the problem is... We don't know where he came from. We don't know where his family is. And these little guys live with their families for two full years before they're able to look after themselves. So we've got a long road ahead of us caring for this guy before we can get him back into the wild. And will he be be able to be successfully reintroduced into the wild after living with you for two years? It is very likely, uh, but we have to take a lot of uh, precautions. We have to make sure that he doesn't get over-habituated. We have to make sure that he learns the appropriate skills mm-hmm. that he's going to need, you know, for building and for swimming and avoiding predation. So how does he learn that? Um, well, it's, it's, it's kind of complicated, but um, we don't have an, an adult beaver to show <laughs> him, so we quite literally have to take on that task. And a lot of that stuff comes naturally, but we have to provide him with the instruments to do that. So we have to provide him with building materials, give them the kind of food that he would naturally forage for and find in the wild, uh, huh. provide him with water, you know, the right kind of lodge, all these kinds of things. How so, much would, sorry, how, yeah. how much would it cost to rehabilitate Sawyer the beaver? Well, beavers are particularly expensive uh, because as they grow, um, you know, so the infrastructure required to, to look after them. So we're going to need bigger pens, bigger ponds, greater filtration systems, bigger lodges as he grows. Um, so a little guy like this held over two years could be in the tens of thousands. Wow. Hmm. So as you're teaching this beaver how to be a beaver, is <laughs> he teaching you guys anything? I, I, he is actually, you know, and um, we, we rarely uh, get the opportunity to look after beavers. You know, we get one or two a year perhaps. Um, uh, and never before have we had to keep one for two years. So this hmm. is really a first for our organization over our 30-year history. And uh, they're fascinating little creatures, you know, talk about an industrious animal. And uh, and the little noises they make are unbelievable. <laughs> we, we, we call them the, 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 the selfish, most selfish animals out there because when they speak or when they're vocalized, they make a sound like, me, me, oh. me, me. <laughs> so, sounds <laughs> like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in the wild, I know that, that beavers can, you know, they're very, obviously very industrious, um, but I know, for example, the Twilliger off-leash in, in the back, uh, the back a few years back, there were some big beaver ponds, and I can remember my big Chesapeake Bay Retriever going down there, right. and I was really worried because I'd been told that Beavers can, are, can also be very strong, can be also very vicious, and can um, take down a, a big dog, no problem. They can, and you know, we uh, we always have to be cognizant of, of uh, the danger involved when we're working with 
with wildlife at, at Wild North. And yes, uh, you know, a beaver can grow to be in excess of 60 pounds. Wow. Mm. Uh, and uh, in the water, they're quite formidable. In the water, they'll take on wolves and other big natural predators. And, uh, you know, they fare pretty well as long as they're in the water. And uh, so even our little Sawyer, uh, when he's feeling a little nervous, if he hears voices, he plunges into the water and he's got those natural instincts because he knows that's where he's safe. Hmm. One of our listeners wants to know if your animals that you're rescuing, do you rescue them to simply euthanize them or do you rescue them to return them to the wild? That's a great question. You know, our our goal is always to return them to the wild and we go through whatever lengths uh, is necessary to do so. So we don't have a prerequisite time. Like they don't stay with us for only a certain amount of time. Uh, there's no monetary limit. We invest whatever it takes. You know, these guys undergo surgeries and long-term housing. Right now we're housing a number of animals over the winter just because we have to wait till spring to release them because they're mm. migratory animals. Um, so the only animals that, uh, that do get humanely euthanized are ones that are injured to the degree that, that they cannot be fixed and they're they're suffering a great deal. So we do provide that humane service, but no, we try to rehabilitate every animal. We don't care if it's a, a eagle or a sparrow. They all get the same treatment and uh, get back to the wild. And how do you follow up on them once released, or can you follow up on them? In some cases we can. So um, in some animals, uh, for example, our birds of prey, uh, all of our birds of prey, we work with uh, environment and parks here in Alberta. Uh, we band them and then they're released again. So if they're ever recovered again, you know, someone can see that band in the field. Uh, maybe they're going to come in again with an injury and we can you know find out some of their history from that and uh, record important data we're learning a bit of a lesson here this afternoon because you can't quite hear it but i i can hear in the back you might hear a little that's all munching. Right. Uh, Wild Rose the porcupine is just sitting on a table Very beside Dale and Andrew yeah. and just munching away. It looks like on sweet potato. <laughs> sweet potato and corn and lettuce. Yep. Um, and, he, I, and I said to you, well, okay, can you pet? Like, I just, <laughs> right. uh, you know, and you, 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 you told us about the por- about the quills. Tell us, uh, tell our listeners about the quills. Yeah. So, well, well, so I can't believe, um, I just, I can't believe I'm, I sound stunned right now because I can't believe I'm sitting in a you know, four feet across from a porcupine. From a porcupine. Well, well, Wild Rose is a very unique situation for us. So she is our only permanent residence. So mm-hmm. all the other animals were trying to fix up and get back out in the wild. Um, this one was kept as a pet for 10 years. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we never recommend keeping wild animals and pets. In, in most cases, it's, it's illegal. Um, but in this case, she's so well socialized. She's just so well behaved, we couldn't put her back in the wild. I mean, this guy wants, or this gal wants to climb up your leg. She's not afraid of dogs. who care less about vehicles. Um, so she has to remain in captivity. Uh, but yeah, she's covered in 30,000 quills. And, uh, you know, so when your your dog gets uh, comes home with a mouthful of quills... Uh-huh. Uh, it hasn't. It sounds like that's from experience. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, it, it hasn't been shot. Of course, they can't actually shoot their quills. Uh, so your dog hasn't been nearly as innocent as it'd like to lead you to believe. It's, it's tried to actually <laughs> went bite in the for a taste. Yeah. Right. And uh, and those porcupine quills come out into you, and then you kind of pull them out of the porcupine. So, um, but because she's so well behaved, uh, sitting here calmly, used to people, she doesn't even erect those quills. They lie flat, and you can actually stroke her and touch her with uh, without any danger. She's beautiful. She she's is gorgeous. so well behaved. I mean, and, and here's the thing. I said to you when you first uh, showed me Wild Rose. I said. I'm glad my wife isn't here because we don't a porcupine, right? <laughs> right yeah. But let's talk about that. Uh, you know, people want to domesticate animals that are not yes. meant to be domesticated. Are you doing a real disservice to an animal when you do that? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Andrew, because because you're, you're you're absolutely right. And you know, we spend a disproportionate amount of time um, teaching people, especially children, how to live in harmony with our, our wild neighbors. And uh, yeah, you know, these animals really do belong in the wild. And although you can see she's quite content, um, she really was robbed of the potential of living a free life in the wild where porcupines are meant to. So there are some challenges, you know. We just passed mating season for 
from Porcupines mm. uh, recently, you know, October wow. and into November. Uh. And uh, she gets quite frustrated, you know, and uh, <laughs> is, is not quite as manageable and staying quite as calm as she is here today during that period. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. You know, we, um, and that's one of Wild Rose's jobs when she travels around is to teach people what makes an appropriate pet and why. Let's take a quick break uh, here. Uh, Dale Gino from Wild North Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation in studio with Wild Rose the Porcupine this afternoon. We talked about Sawyer the Beaver and the cost that it will, uh, the cost it'll be to rehabilitate him over the next two years. There is an event coming up that um, that uh, Edmontonians can help out with as well. I want to talk to you about some of the work that you did before you moved back here because you used right. to train animals for Hollywood films. I did. And yeah. you had a, a huge animal sanctuary in Ontario. I'd like to touch on that right after this. Dale Gino joining us in studio and Wild Rose the Porcupine, both from Wild North Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation. Um, wanted to talk to you about um, your world before you came out here because I asked you, how did you start in this business? How did right. you have this awesome job? Um, and it goes back quite a way, doesn't it, Dale? It does. And you know what? I actually started working with wildlife right here in Edmonton <laughs> many, many years ago. Um, this was uh, in the time, you, you may remember, for those of us that are old enough to remember uh, back, uh, this is going back I guess in the mid 80s um, West Edmonton Mall mm-hmm. used to have lions and tigers yeah. and bears and all kinds really? of things right inside the mall and um, yeah, of course right. uh, yeah. Yeah, now, now you know things have changed a lot in 30 years in our mindset uh, you know and what is appropriate mm-hmm. and what isn't appropriate but back then um, it was considered a very educational experience for people to come and see these kinds of animals and I actually started working with the uh, tiny uh, big cat Cats there and hmm. their chimpanzee in the mall. Many, many years. This was going back to like 1995, and uh, that's where I started. And I spent many years uh, traveling the country, working at zoos and wildlife centers. Eventually, establishing uh, my own wildlife park in Ontario that I ran for almost 20 years. And you uh, were telling us that you also trained animals for movies. Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, there, there's not a lot of money in rescuing animals, so we do what we need to to, uh, to, to provide them with, uh, with with what they need. Yeah. And uh, so one of the ways that I would raise money for my wildlife in Ontario was to participate in film. And I became the busiest animal trainer in Canadian film for 15 years. Uh, some of your viewers, especially if they have young people, or some of your listeners, if they have young people, may be familiar with a show called Zaboomafu. Mm-hmm. Um, I trained all the animals for Zaboomafu. Mm-hmm. So that was the largest animal production in Canadian history. I brought in 700 animals animals from sanctuaries all over the world, uh, 450 species, spent a lot of time in LA and Vancouver and Hollywood films, wildlife documentaries, so yeah, all kinds of film work. Andrew had asked a really interesting question about some of the wild, or some of the um, animals that you have uh, had rescued out of apartments and homes, like right. the endangered animals, animals that you're not supposed to have. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, we're fortunate here in Alberta, we have the strongest legislation when it comes to keeping exotic animals. Other provinces aren't quite so lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Ontario, I was contracted out by the provincial government for a lot of rescues of these animals that are really inappropriate to keep. I took um, tigers out of basements. Um, I've taken full-grown jaguars that people have had, mountain lions being used by the uh, um, biker gangs with a big biker gang bust in Toronto where they had um, they were uh, it was a drug bust and they had a mountain lion that mm-hmm. they were used as a guard cat 23 foot long python this guy weighed over 200 pounds at the girth of a soccer ball this big snake um, we took a hyena out of Toronto uh, venomous snakes alligators out of bathtubs so 
all kinds of crazy mm. creatures. So mm. before we run out of time, it's yeah. important that we ask, how do you get the money to operate? How can people who are listening right now help you raise that money? So Wild North really does depend on people. It depends on, on people's uh, financial contributions to keep us going. So we're a charitable organization. Um, so right now we actually have a campaign where we're trying to raise uh, some really crucial funds to look after animals that we're housing over the winter. So we have that a beaver right now, that the Sawyer that we're looking after for the next couple of years, all kinds of birds of prey. And there's a lot of costs associated with keeping these guys in captivity for the long term and looking after them. Um, so uh, we have a, a campaign that we're trying to raise some money. We also have a, a great organization, uh, Finn McCool's in City Centre, who's just recently donated uh, $10,000 in matching funds. So any mm. donation that comes in the course of uh, December will be matched by Finn McCool's up to $10,000. So, um, And we, we require about fifty dollars to $60,000 um, to operate and look after all these animals over winter during the months of December and January. Um, uh, okay, sorry, what's one more. The, yeah, yeah, what's the web? I mean, just tell me where I go to give you money. <laughs> yeah, sure. So if, if you go onto our website, yeah. uh, uh, wildnorth.ca, okay. uh, you can donate right online. Uh, that's probably the best way to do it. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. There's other ways you can donate if you can't do it financially. We're always looking for things. There's a wish list. Uh, we're looking for volunteers. Uh, but the money clearly is, is what we could really use to look after these animals. And, you know, at this point, it's 3.57. The, the top tip, if someone finds an injured animal, what should they do? Do we call you immediately? Do we go to your website and look it up? What right. do we do? Go to our website, uh, wildnorth.ca. It'll give you all kinds of tips and talk a little bit about what you do when you find an animal so you can determine whether it needs rescuing. If it does, there's a hotline number there that you can call, and then uh, you can either bring the animal to us, or if need be, we'll go out and rescue it. Dale, thank you so much for this. It was absolutely yeah. fascinating. Will you come back someday? Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah, That'd be fantastic. Yeah, bring the, bring yeah. the beaver. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and the owl. Yeah. You can have a whole menagerie and in the here. Owl. <laughs> Dale, thank you so much. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.